Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody and welcome to the Are You Listening podcast where two friends sit down and talk about music for a little while. My name is Scott. I'm here with my co-host Brand. Brand, how are you today, sir? I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> sorry for the delay. I my air conditioner was on and I didn't know if it was gonna create interference. So I had to turn that off. It's all good. It's Sunday today. This is kind of odd. We usually record on Saturdays. Yeah, but, but it's but we're here for church. This is the grunt this we're church. grunge church. We're grunge church. <laughs> we're in grunge. I love it. Welcome to the pulpit. I'm here. The steeple's all greasy and <laughs> it's dark. There's no lights. There's just needles laying around. Oh man, that's wild! Oh, actually, the the crucifix is just covered in flannel. It's just a flannel it. crucifix. That's it. I love it. It's made from flannel and tree sap and frogs. Apparently, apparently, frogs, grunge, grunge right. bands have something to do with frogs. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I love it. Oh, today we're here to talk about one of my favorite grunge records of all time. We are talking about the self-titled Alice in Chains record. Brand is not a grunge fan. Not a grunge fan by the grunge that I've heard. Okay. Like, I, and a lot of that is probably, I'm not a Nirvana fan, I guess is what we could say. Because Nirvana, when you hear grunge, Nirvana kind of won two right there. Yeah, about it. everybody there. I mean, if you say grunge, automatically most people's minds go to Kurt Cobain. Yeah. And, and I'm not a Nirvana fan. Not at all no i mean like i get smells like teen spirit like i get it but (laughs) no not no not really and i think this record helped me figure out some of the things that some of the reasons and some of the aspects of quote-unquote grunge that i don't like and 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 what what they are what they are that's that was not foreshadowing this record at all that is just a broad statement i gotcha you would get along with emily in terms of kirk cobain opinions she is not a nirvana fan at all see i'd rather listen to kirko bangs rather than kirko bang kirko bangs kirko k-i-r-k-o b-a-n-g-s kirko bangs kirko bangs is a rapper <laughs> oh didn't never didn't ever know kirk jarrell randall better known by the stage name kirko bangs american rapper from houston texas oh that's a way to have your name 
memorable, I suppose. I learned of Kirko Bangs while getting a tattoo and it was playing. And uh, my friend, the tattoo artist said, you listen to Kirko Bangs. And I said, what? <laughs> and so, yeah, Kirko Bangs. And I said, I don't know what you're saying to me, but if it has to do with Kirko Bang, I'm out. And he said, no, Kirko Bangs. And then it was just a long conversation about he's his name is Kirko Bangs. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. There's no way you don't know what you're doing when you name yourself Kirko Bangs. Yeah, you have to know that. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Uh, we're not here to talk about Houston rappers or Kurt Cobain. We're here to talk about Alice in Chains today. I'll just jump into the notes. You let me know if you have anything to say about any of them. Absolutely. Here we go. Alice in Chains is an American rock band from Seattle, Washington, that formed in 1987 by guitarist and vocalist Jerry Cantrell and drummer Sean Kinney, uh, who later recruited bassist Mike Starr and lead vocalist Lane Staley. So Star- Lane wasn't part of the initial like formation of the band. No, no, it was a Jerry Cantrell project from the get-go, pretty much. So then from knowing because the only Alice in Chains I ever listened to before this record mm-hmm. was the one that we did for the list, which didn't have Lane Staley on. That was post Lane Staley dying. Yeah. yeah. So but I know I also know your feelings on post Lane Alice in Chains. Yes. And I think I was like because I didn't have a foot on either side, I was just kind of taking your side. I was like, whatever, I don't care. Either. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But knowing that he wasn't like he was recruited and it was a Jerry Cantrell thing, I kind of give them a pass on it because well, like, it, it was his band. Their like, first record still featured Lane. Yeah. Okay. So okay. It, really, I mean, sure, it was a Jerry Cantrell and Sean Kinney project, but in order to complete the band, like, that that was just a guitarist and drummer. You yeah. know what I mean? They still needed more people to fill out the band. So But it still feels different than like, hey, we're all forming this band. It's, sure. It, to me, it feels a little different than that. I gotcha. I still don't like the new Alice in Chains. <laughs> yeah. That's that's very apparent, Scott. We and, yeah, that may be covered at length in a later episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Star was replaced by Mike Inez in nineteen ninety-three. This was the lineup of the band when they recorded their third studio album, self-titled Alice in Chains. I'm going to skip a whole lot of history and a whole lot of the first two records and just get into the album now. What a weird parallel, though, between Foxy Shazam and Alice yeah. in Chains, where their third records are Is the one, records. Yeah, yeah, so weird. Like, I, I don't know. In my head, I always thought, until like I got I learned got more into music and learned more things, but I always thought like your first album, if your first album's not self titled, you can't do it. Like don't do a self titled record. Like I don't that. know why that was always in my head. I was sure. Like, hey, well, if it's if it's not their first one, they can't do it. You you can't if it's not your first one, you can't do it. I always thought it was uh like being lazy. <laughs> if your self titled record isn't your first record, you're being lazy and you couldn't come up with a, a title for the record. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got these songs. I don't know what to call it. So let's just call it the band name. Was Hatebreed, didn't Hatebreed self-titled like their sixth record? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. So that, that one might have been lazy. <laughs> it might have been, but that, that was one... my favorite one. That was my first pick. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Often referred to as, quote unquote, the dog album or the dog record or the one I knew it by Tripod. Okay, because the dog only has three legs. And then if you open it up, The inside cover has a picture of a human sitting on a chair with three legs. Like, not the chair. The human has three legs. Oh. Yeah. All right. 
The chair might have three legs too. Now that I think about it, that's just showing dogs how much superior we are to them. You like, know? hey, you can't have four, but I can have one extra. <laughs> right. Look at me now. Yeah. Uh, the self-titled album was released November seventh, nineteen ninety-five, through Columbia Records. This record was the first to feature bassist Mike Inez, and was also the last to feature Lane Staley. Um, the album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 with first week sales of 189,000 copies. A lot of records. And stayed on the charts for 46 weeks. That's when records are being sold, though, also. Yeah, that's physical copies. Also, uh, is there, what's the first like big grunge band that wasn't from Washington, like wasn't from Seattle? Stone Temple Pilots. Where are they from? Uh, Southern California, I believe. All right. I was just curious because every time you hear grunge, like that's everybody knows that's where grunge started. I was just curious as yeah. how long it took for another artist to do that from somewhere else. How like how what was the, how long did the reach take? And I not, guess not that it long. wasn't long. And was there any East Coast grunge or did grunge die before that happened? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Right. But you see, my grunge knowledge was mostly washington based as well i think most and people's australia. probably was <laughs> yes and australia <laughs> that's right because it's yeah i i got word of it from australia before anything in boston <laughs> the tracks grind heaven beside you and again were released as singles grind and again were nominated for the grammy award for best hard rock performance losing out to pearl jams spin the black circle in 1996 and the smashing pumpkins bullet with butterfly wings in 1997 respectively yeah, this is all you, Scott. This is everything I'm hearing is you were just in. You were just in. Yeah. No, it's it's true. The album received double platinum certification from the Recording Industry Association of America and has sold over 3 million copies worldwide. So big, big record. As with their previous releases, the album songs focus on heavy subject matters such as depression, isolation, drug use, relationships, anger, and death. The band relies less on metallic riffs and more on melody and texturally varied arrangements integrating some of the more delicate acoustic moods of their eps however the riffs are mostly down tune and atonal employing a strong doom and sludge metal vibe yeah i, I i'll take the the, the down tuned riffs without a doubt we'll get to that when we talk to the record yeah but does that mean that their metallic quote-unquote metallic riffs on prior records weren't as deep they weren't as they, they weren't as sludgy they were still pretty sludgy and dark like dark feeling yeah i i think much more so than the rest of the grunge genre mm -hmm. uh i think that's why i ended up liking alice in chains more than any other grunge band they were just so much so much more moody kind of feeling there's a lot of and that's when you say the metallic griffs i'm interested if it was if because they said they toned it down for this but they're yeah i mean we'll get to it on the record obviously i say that every, i say that 45 times an episode <laughs> but th there's a lot of metal riffs and metal influences in, in some of this music oh yeah yeah and I, I i will tell you right away i appreciate it oh well <laughs> that's when it's there when it's there i appreciate it cantrell in an interview with rolling stone around the release of the album said our music's kind of about taking something ugly and making it beautiful. I don't know about that quote. <laughs> <laughs> like what you find beautiful is subjective. Yeah. yeah. So if he wants a, a dirty flannel cross. You know, <laughs> whatever, it's whatever beautiful you, to some people. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. 
Uh, with the exception of Grind Heaven Beside You and Over Now, the lyrics are written entirely by Staley. Staley said, I just wrote down whatever was on my mind. So a lot of the lyrics are really loose. If you asked me to sing the lyrics to probably any one of them right now, I couldn't do it. I'm not sure what they are because they're still that fresh. Staley added, for a long time, I let problems and sour relationships rule over me instead of letting the water roll off my back. I thought it was cool that I could write such dark, depressing music, but then instead of being therapeutic, it was starting to drag on and keep hurting. This time I just said, fuck it. I can write good music, and if I feel easy and I feel like laughing, I can laugh. There's no huge, deep message in any of the songs. It was just what was going on in my head right then. We had good times. And we had bad times. We recorded a few months of being human. I like that. Yeah. I like the stream of consciousness stream of consciousness writing. Uh, yeah. when, when I would write, be it like a short story or something, I would usually write stream of consciousness. And I will say that that might be harder is not the word, but more affecting. Like I would be writing stream of consciousness and I'd get into something. Yeah. And then I, you'd feel it so much because you're in the stream of it. And yeah. then you get done, you're like, holy shit. Like, it's different than when you're sitting there sunk into your feelings, trying to output them. Like, it's just, it's right. just, it's happening to you as opposed to you making it happen. Yeah. So it feels a little different. But I like the idea that he said this record is we just recorded being human. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know lo- Cantrell said we took something dark and made it beautiful. Right. See, Jerry Cantrell has always, to me, felt like he tries too much. And it sounded like a little bit. Like, he had the solo record called degradation trip that i listened to i think it came out after lane died and uh that's why i picked it up is because i was like there's got to be something in here about you know how sad he is and it was there was just it just wasn't it didn't feel authentic no not at all it just it just didn't feel right i didn't like it i mean there's guys out there though that even at their most authentic it doesn't feel authentic right so yeah. like I've had conversations with people where it sounds like they're totally giving me bullshit only later to find out that no, they were literally shedding their heart to me and I couldn't. <laughs> and you were like, mm, I was like, this isn't, this, I don't feel it. Th- these are not words and phrases that you use when you're actually talking to somebody, right? This all feels like a cliche. It feels right. weird. Right. But I guess a cliche is a cliche for a reason. Like yeah. it wouldn't be a cliche if it Did didn't it, if... exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this record, they had a whole lot of a lot of issues going into this record because this was when Lane really, really, I mean, he kind of always had a drug problem, but he had real bad drug problems. And I think he was going to rehab and um, the rest of the band got together and started working on music that Jerry Cantrell was working on writing for a solo record. And then they got Lane back, back involved. And I think that's why grind heaven beside you and over now i think those ones don't have lane in them so prominently because i think those were the songs that they were working on before lane came back into the fold okay i was also when you said that lane when you said that lane said yeah that he wouldn't be able to sing any of the songs that was my first thought is oh man maybe you can't remember these songs for other reasons yeah that doesn't help (laughs) so i went back and of course, I've been listening to this record all week, mm-hmm. but I've I've been listening since it came out. But I went on YouTube and looked up some like live videos of them doing some of these songs that are like my favorites. Mm-hmm. And oh, man, 
he fucks up the lyrics every time on one song in particular that when we get to my top three, I'll let you know. But boy. Well, for grunge as a whole. Yeah. What I hear a lot of grunge, like uh-huh. whether it be your Nirvana's or the miscellaneous other tracks I've heard here or there. A lot of it sounds like it's it's wrong to me. I don't know Un- why. Unintelligible, like, just random words. A lot of the lyrics yeah. just yeah. sound like, okay, all right, yeah, sure. It sounds like they're messing them up within the songs. Like Weird Al did with that Nirvana. It's hard to garble marble goals with all these marbles in my I mouth. Don't, I don't know if I've ever heard that, but that's... You ever heard that? I don't think I have. Oh, man, it's it's uh, he does a, like a, a parody of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, that's and yeah. There's there's a little part there. It's it's hard to gargle gargle loaf with all these marbles in my mouth. I kind of love it. Especially, it's also way easier for me to love things from Weird Al, knowing how it all comes from a good place. Like there, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like none of it is coming from a negative side. It's just him genuinely being a funny person. Yeah, and like and appreciating the music that he like parodies. I think, yeah, I think every single parody he did, he would get approval. Except for Gangster's Paradise. There was a huge, huge fight with Coolio. Well, well, okay, maybe up till a time. Because I also don't think he got it for the Chameleonaire White Nerdy. Like, I don't think he got it for that. And then Mm. I think, well, okay, maybe it's this. I think he'll reach out for approval. I know he does. And then even if they say no, he can still do it because it's parody. Like, there's no copyright on parody. Right. Because yeah. I think, and because I, I listened to an interview where I think one, the only song that he ever didn't do, or at least held off on for a while, was some Michael Jackson song. Because mm. Michael Jack, or no, oh, no, it might have been Prince. That makes more sense. That would make more sense. I think Prince. I don't said, think he did a Prince song. No, I don't think that's yeah. why. Because I think Prince said, "I would, I would rather you didn't do it, please. I don't want." And that then to I happen. think, yeah. And then I, I think Weird Al just said, "Good, okay. He's Sounds the purple. Good. He's the purple king. One hundred percent. This isn't the Weird Al cast." Uh, this is the Weird Al episode. We, I want to do one eventually, though. Yeah, yeah. We'll I, get there. I want to do a draft eventually. That's a lot of Weird Al. It's going to be great. It's going to be the happiest week we have ever. You know what's going to happen, though? It's going to be based on... Because there's going to be a lot of his music, of the parodies, that yeah. I don't know the songs he's parodying. Oh, that'll be weird. Because he did a lot of stuff in the times on the music when I wasn't listening to that music and I and most of it I haven't gone back to. That's true. Oh man, that's <laughs> gonna be wild for you. Yes. <laughs> Getting back into Alice in Chains, reflecting on the album in a 2018 interview with Noisy, Cantrell said there's a sadness to that record. It's the sound of a band falling apart. It was our last studio record. It's a beautiful record, but it's sad too. It's a little more exploratory, a little more meandering. It's not as crafted as the rest of our records were. Two of those words, you know, I'm not really for. Yeah. 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 yeah the, the the meandering is the, the big meandering. The big negative on that one. And then exploratory uh, can be bad. It, it can, can, it be, can bad, be rough, but it yeah. can be great. Exactly. Let's jump into the charts and what was released the same time. All right. I guarantee you, I probably don't know. any. I mean, I know them, but yeah. I bet you I don't have experience with many of these. You might. You might. All right. That was released November 1995. Yeah. Starting out on the first. I was five. <laughs> you were five. Incubus's Fungus Among Us. I mean, I've listened to it later. Yeah. Definitely not no five. And it's definitely not one of the Incubus that I really got down on. I don't think I've ever listened to this one. 
I I downloaded their discography at some point, yeah. so I I have definitely listened to at least a minute of most of the songs. <laughs> <laughs> kind of my theme there, right? Coming out on the sixth, we have Share with "It's a Man's World." I've listened to that one. I love Share. Yep, I, I know you Cher. do. I won't be able to pinpoint any of the tracks on it because again, downloaded her entire discography. Right, just listen to everything. I love Half Breed, but I don't know if I'm allowed to even say the title anymore. I don't know. It's rough. I that's mean, that's weird. that's the fucking title track, Scott. Yeah, that's the title of it, though. <laughs> Half breed, it's all I've ever known. My God, is it good? <laughs> Her playing that live, man. Good shit. I love yeah. shit. Love shit. All yeah. right, sorry. Uh, coming out on the seventh, we have Bad Religion with All Ages. Which one's that? What's the cover of that one? The, it's the live one. Oh, okay. The one with all the the posters on it. Coming out on the seventh as well, we have Fear Factory with D Manufacture. I've listened to that one. I didn't know that yeah. was a '95 record, but I've huh? listened to that one. Okay. Oh, well, also on the seventh, the aforementioned Coolio's Gangsters Paradise. I think I told the story before of uh, the same time that I was introduced to. I think it was L Cool J. Mm. It, it, I, it was Gangsters Paradise as well. Maybe it was. Maybe it was only Gangsters Paradise. But when I was introduced to Coolio. Getting in my friend's mother's lime green Mitsubishi Eclipse that had the first time I also ever saw a radar detector. Oh yeah, yeah. And you didn't putting this. in putting in the Gangsters Paradise CD or no the tape, the tape, the yeah. Gangsters Paradise tape. When I wasn't even listening to music at this point yet, like it was kind of just it, it existed in the world, but there was sure. no way for me to consume it other than the radio, and I was never really into the radio. Mm-hmm. So hearing this different sound. And just every and the, his mother loving it and him at least pretending to love it. I'm not right? 100% sure. It was just a wild vibe for me. Was and she a young mother? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know her exact age. She was either a young mother or acted like a young mother. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, know, yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> also on the 7th, a big, big day, Jizza's Liquid Swords. Okay. You said Jizza. I thought you said Jizzes. <laughs> No. And I like I was like I know the band Jism, but I don't know Jizzes. No. I don't know Jizzes. Yeah, yeah. The, the Jizzes liquid, liquid swords. swords. Yeah, I have thoughts on liquid swords. Do you really? Like I think bad it's, thoughts. I think it's great. Okay, but for me personally, I can never find myself putting it in like those top hip hop records. Like really? I think it's really good. It, it's it's it is very intricate. I think is what hurts it for me a little bit. Is it's oh, very okay. intricate. Yeah. And every time I revisit it, I enjoy it. I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, I love it. But it's the kind of amazing where I'm like, oh, yeah, I respect this more than I like it. And I think that's why it's hard for me to throw it in my top. Gotcha. I think only Bill for Cuban Links was more up my realm of what I wanted from Wu-Tang offshoots. Yeah, right. (laughs) The 37 of them. Yeah. I mean, I do love Ghostface, though. Right. Also on the seventh, we have Sunny Day Real Estates. Sunny Day Real Estate. I, I may only know the name from you saying it. I don't think okay. I actually know the name. Gotcha. Also, we have Goody Mob's Soul Food. <laughs> Fucking CeeLo Green and his tiny ass hands. One hundred percent Tiny ass hands, Goody Mob. <laughs> on the 14th, we have The Far Side with Lab Cabin California. I think I just got that one on vinyl recently. It was the VM Me. It was the Vinyl Me Please hip hop thing a couple months ago. Okay. And... What I thought Farside were are what Farside are. Okay. It's fine. It's it's just fine. <laughs> it's fine. Gotcha. I'm sure there's people out there that 
absolutely adore it. It's, yeah. And I don't want to make this comparison, but in my head, it's like Red Hot Chili Peppers of hip hop. But like Ooh. way way more talented. <laughs> oh. Way more talented and easier to digest. Gotcha. Man, that's it, rough. It feels it feels like an unfair comparison now. <laughs> For some reason in my head, it still works though. It's 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 probably one of those things where I'm like, this relates to this, and there's no relation. At Nothing all. at all. Yeah. Also on the four teams, we have at the gates with Slaughter of the Soul. I've listened to At the Gates before. And there was a song on the first rock band, I believe. Okay. It was at the gates, and it was the only one that like wasn't DLC that had harsh vocals on it. Oh, yeah. So anytime we were over at my friend's house, we were playing rock band. I was like, let's, let's fire at the gates up. <laughs> and the way that vocals were, have you have you played any of those games where you have yeah. to hit the well, if you play any with harsh vocals, you just have to hit the hit the note. Like th- there's there's no note up and down it's just as long as you're making that a sound one single as long as you're making a sound at this point and this point then you get it nice so i was just ripping Killing ripping it. on at the gates nice also on the 14th we have meatloaf with welcome to the neighborhood i know bad out of hell yeah me too and whatever one the bad guy from Fawkey shazam wrote wrote things for i never listened to it but i know oh, it yeah. exists right and i know there's there's no three bad out of hells is there a three? I thought there was Bad Out of Hell, Bad Out of Hell 2, Bad Back Into Hell, <laughs> Bad Out of Hell 3, <laughs> Out Again or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't I never got into Meatloaf that much. I know Bad Out of Hell 1 and 2. See, I, I know one for sure. Yeah. But I think that's the only one I ever listened to. That because that cover art that cover art made me believe it was a metal record. And oh boy, oh, was yeah, I it did. Oh, yeah, boy, was for I sure. <laughs> Motorcycle busting out of the like the castle looking thing with like demons the... yeah. hanging on the wheels and shit like, oh, this has to be sick and it it was meatloaf we'll move on to the 20th where the beatles came out with anthology volume one i like i liked the anthologies when they came out they were all like take number 27 of hey jude and the ninth take of strawberry fields forever and like just outtakes and stuff it sounds like you have to care about those regular tracks to enjoy the anthologies though but i did so it worked for me yeah Yeah. i don't think i ever listened to them probably not coming out on the 21st we have garth brooks with fresh horses do you ever listen to garth brooks um whatever four records i have in this weird yeah the legacy box set i got no fences the chase those are the only two i listened to so far in pieces and the fresh horses. fresh horses there it is and then a fucking 19 cd set of some bullshit oh man i don't even want these <laughs> actually i lied i don't want this i don't want the legacy set i think i'm gonna take all the records out individually and put them on the shelf because i don't i don't care about all these cds i don't want all right. these CDs. if anybody wants all these garth brooks cds send us an email are you listening.podgmail.com I will mail them to you <laughs> in, I will pay in about seven months. You'll get it in about eight months. I'll pay <laughs> the shipping, but I don't want them. And then it'll give me a reason to get rid of the actual box. Set. Also on the 21st, we have Bruce Springsteen releasing the ghost of Tom Jode. Jode. Yeah. Tom Jode. I thought you were going to say Tom Jones. And I was going to say, I don't think Tom Jones was dead. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> talking about covers that kind of off. Don't really go along with it. That cover. I'm going to look it up. I never saw it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, I like the record too, but it doesn't scream Bruce Springsteen to me. No, it looks like an All the Remains cover. <laughs> yeah. What is that All the Remains <laughs> record? 
look up the All That Remains, The Fall of Ideals cover and tell me it's not the same fucking thing. <laughs> that's the same cover. It does look it does look close. Yeah, that's crazy. Also on the 21st, we have LL Cool J with Mr. Smith. Okay. And then one that we don't usually mention, an EP that came out. Must be important. 3-6 Mafia, Live By Yo Rep. Legends. Had to mention them. Legends. God, I know you love, love them. 3-6 Mafia. They're coming down the pike. I know. It's coming. You keep I don't saying know when. that. I don't know when. Maybe. maybe. We'll <laughs> All right. We're going to dive into the Billboard charts now. Yes. Billboard Hot 100. Week of November 4th, 1995. Coming in at number five, the song Tell Me by Groove Theory. Nope, me neither. Coming in at number four, Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Uh, that, that song had a resurgence for me because it pops up on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in a very prominent spot. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yes. That's yeah, funny. it's 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 solid. That That's where I where I really became aware of that song. I knew it prior, but yeah. like really pinning it down to, oh, that's Kiss from a Rose, that's Seal. Got it. Got it. Coming in at number three, we have Runaway by Janet Jackson. And Janet fell into that area too for me, where like I know some of the hits and I, I've, I've visited Control and Rhythm Nation, but all in all, I'm very uneducated on Janet. Yeah. I think some of the, the and unfairly, some of the MJ shit may have oh yeah too. i'm sure coming in number two we have gangsta's paradise with coolio featuring lv this is a huge song one of huge the huge song i think one of the at the time without a doubt one of the biggest hip-hop songs ever oh yeah without a doubt it was everywhere yeah. huge huge and then coming in number one fantasy by mariah carey <laughs> yes man is that what song did she do with old dirty bastard <laughs> what you didn't know that happened i did not know that happened no, it was the Fantasy Remix. Oh. It was Mariah Carey Fantasy Remix with ODV. Yeah, you need to check that out. I need to look into that then. I got a couple other ones on the list. Coming in number seven, Only Want to Be With You by Hootie and the Blowfish. Only Want to Be With You. <laughs> it's one of the only, I might be the only Hootie song I know, if I'm being that's honest. It. Is that the biggest hit? Is that their biggest no, hit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the only one I know, man. Yeah, that's their biggest. Uh, coming in number 12, we have Name by Goo Goo Dolls. No, not. Yeah, you do. I do. Yeah, I'm sure you, that's their biggest hit. Sing it. I won't tell him your name. Oh no, Iris is their biggest hit. Yeah, I know Iris. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't think I know what I forgot about Iris. Out of your yeah. mouth. I don't know what that was. <laughs> we won't worry about it. <laughs> okay. I can't remember most of the lyrics. Coming in at number sixteen, we have "Run Around" by Blues Traveler. Get that bandolier harmonica's out, ready to rock. <laughs> Every time I see that band name. All I can think of. Harmonica bandolier. Harmonica all over that dude's chest. Coming in at number 17, we have Waterfalls by TLC. Yeah. Don't go. Is that their first biggest hit? No, they had a couple before then. But that one was giant. They had a bunch before, but that that was probably their biggest. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it would compete with No Scrubs. No Scrubs. Oh, yeah. I didn't didn't think about No Scrubs. Yeah, that was huge. But But I think think Waterfalls might beat it. I think Waterfalls has surpassed it now. Yeah. Because I think Waterfalls maintained better. I don't think yeah. No Scrubs, although it should. No Scrubs is still has a great point to the song. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the Billboard 200. Coming in at number five, the Smashing Pumpkins with Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. 
which you have went back and forth on saying you're going to bring it to me. You're not bringing it to me. You're going to bring it to me. You're not bringing it. I know. I keep going back and forth (laughs) because I really like it, but man, it's a double album and boy, does it feel like one. And I, and I, I'll have to say like, once you bring me a double album, there is the restrictor plate for me is off (laughs) and you will get like a, an hour and 40 minute three, six album or something. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. Coming in at number four, we have the dog pound with dog food. Yeah, I forgot all about the dog pound. I forgot <laughs> yeah. that was a thing that was happening. Yeah, yeah, it happened. Coming in at number three, we have Alanis Morissette with Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, I just listened to that. Yeah, you did. And I listened to it a few months back. I don't know if she invented the cringy musical style <laughs> for coming of age musicals or if she was building off of what was happening, but. I don't know. It feels very like weird Broadway. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe there was a period of Broadway that just loved that music and incorporated it. That's a possibility. But going backwards from musicals that sound like that to Jagged Little Pill, only knowing the hits and then hearing those other tracks. Oh yeah. boy, it's a weird experience. Yeah. I don't know if I hate it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like the whole time I was listening, I was like, I kind of like this. And then in the other breath, I was like, this is awful. <laughs> well, maybe you like the drumming featuring Taylor Hawkins. Oh, was he, he played drums on that record? Yeah, he did. Oh, that's cool. That's, a, that's yeah. a nice little fun fact. Coming in number two, we have Mariah Carey with Daydream. <laughs> that, that's what fantasy was off of, I'm guessing. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. And then, of course, as I mentioned before, coming in number one, Alice in Chains, self-titled album alice number one yeah number one and and not just number one in a realm of only grunge is dominating no number number one one, number one very varied billboard charts i mean smash pumpkins dog pound alas more set mariah carey yeah that's very varied yeah i got a couple other ones number seven alan jackson the greatest hits collection man my boy i know but it's wild he's number seven way down yonder on a chattahoochee (laughs) It gets hotter in a hoochie cooch. That's on there. It is on there. I know. It is. Uh, Coming in number seven, also the aforementioned Jizza, Liquid Swords. Man, now I feel like I'm going to be fighting people off about that comment. (laughs) Great. It's a great record. (laughs) That's it. I'm not even saying a bunch. It's a great record. That's it. So we always go through the charts and we pick out like the the longest running that's Mm -hmm. been on the charts record. I have five here that have a ridiculous amount of time on the charts. And do you think that these five confirm our theory that it's not consecutive? It's just how many, how long they've been on the chart period. I mean, it's like they leave and come back. They leave and come back. I don't know. Oh, okay. 117 for 92 weeks. Green Day's Dookie. Okay. That's got to be consecutive because Dookie came out, I believe, in 94. Then we have coming in at 151 weeks at 145, Kenny G's Breathless. Okay, I, I couldn't no tell idea. you when that came out for a million dollars. So. Not a clue. Sure, but that one makes sense. There was a huge... I, I listened to some podcast about Kenny G and how his music was pitched and everything. And it it was like genius level marketing shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Coming in uh, at 165 with 204 weeks on the charts. It's a long time. It is a long time. It's Pearl Jam's 10. I think that might be consecutive weeks as well then. It's a long ass. Yeah, that's a, that's a long yeah. time. Yeah. Then we have coming in at 121 
with 222 weeks on the charts, Metallica's self-titled record, Metallica, the Black Album. You mean the number one record, according to Hit Parader, <laughs> yeah. at, at one point. Right. But that's 222 weeks. That might be consecutive as well. So the last one, most weeks on the charts, coming in at 149 with 299 weeks on the charts. Pink Floyd. The original London cast recording of the Phantom of the Opera highlights. <laughs> what year do you think that came out? I can't, that no can't idea. Be that can't be consecutive. But 299 weeks on the charts? Ugh. I mean, this that would be the way to listen to it, though. Highlights? The highlights? It, yeah. Oh, you don't want <laughs> most of those songs. That third act. Oh, boy. I've never seen Phantom of the Opera. I'll tell you, I'll do yourself a favor. Go watch Fire Up Disney Plus. Yeah. And watch Phantom of the Megaplex. Okay. And because it's a it's a modern like retelling of Phantom of the Opera and it's much better. <laughs> gotcha. It's not it's 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 not good, but it's better it's than fucking Phantom of the Opera. Alice in Chains, self-titled album, Alice in Chains, released November 7th, 1995, 12 tracks, 64 minutes and 48 seconds. Brand, what did you think of Grind? I think there could have been some time shaved off this album, first and foremost. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. It didn't. It didn't need to be that. There's yeah. definitely some tracks, but they go on. The meandering is for real. There's some. There's real, real meandering. Yeah, I I understood that, and that's why I hesitated giving it to you for a long time. It's all right. We got that. It's all right. We're covering it now. There's no yeah. reason to talk. Let me let me get my notes. Let's let's do it. What a heavy opening riff on this thing. Definitely metal influence. That's the yeah. very first thing I hear off this. I'm like, this is th there's some serious metal influence on this riff. The voice isn't absolutely a no off the banger. Like off okay. as soon as I hear the voice, it's not absolutely that's, a no. That's Jerry. That's big. That's Jerry Cantrell singing in that one. But I know it's yeah. I think the effects on it help me a lot too. It feels it feels processed. Like the voice itself okay. feels processed to me, which I I think maybe helps me. Sure. And in 95, that would be early for processing vocals, I think. I mean, even if you throw a, I mean, you throw a, an echo onto it or you yeah. throw some refrain onto it, it it'll still, you know, right. it, it doesn't sound clean. Let's put it that way. Maybe that's his voice, yeah. though. It doesn't sound clean. Right. I definitely vibe more with the music right away. And I'm hoping based off this track that maybe vocals can grow on me. Like I'm, okay. I'm vibing with the music and I'm like, okay, yeah. let's see if, let's see if these, this vocal grow on me. I'm thankful for the solo on this track, so I'm not getting hey. any of the vocals, and that's wild for me to say. It's wild that for me to say wild. that I'm thankful for a solo. Yeah. But I was on board for the solo. Hey, I like it. And it gave me time to maybe adjust a little bit. Okay. To like, okay, this is what you're going to get. This the, the vocals, okay, you heard some, so yeah. take this solo. Adjust. Down in your seat, get your popcorn, because get this is where center. we're at. We're yeah. at this movie. We're not, <laughs> we're not wherever else you're trying to be. Right. This is where we're where we are this week. Yeah. Moving on to brush away though. Second track. Sure. Yeah. Brush away. I have written and I quote. Oh no. Oh, this is what I was expecting. Okay. <laughs> this is Lane saying, yeah. The first track opens heavy and yeah. has kind of a different sound. And then this is a bit more of the the whiny echo sing-along vocal. Okay, yeah. That I'm not a big fan of. Gotcha. Again, the vocal still feels processed, though. And yeah. And it feels like it's recorded under a bridge with Echo. 
that yeah that kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that this is the whole vibe of it, and maybe that's part of it like you had that ambiance of the record it's supposed to be a sad record yeah but it does help a little bit the under the bridge the echo that the, okay the, the potential processing helps the vocals for me sure i'll take it i'll take I, whatever I, I felt like i may have heard this one this is one i thought i may have heard really i didn't Rush think away. you said it was a it's single, not no it's so. not a single I don't know. And I didn't look up to see if it was in anything just in case I caught any information from somewhere. I, I didn't see that it was in anything. I think this riff may be more metal influenced, but it's more Metallica influenced. Okay. Than the metal influence that I was getting on the first track. So sure. as you know, that's kind of a lose-lose for me. I gotcha. A Metallica influenced grunge track is kind Oof. of a kind of a lose-lose for this guy. I do like the weirdness of the mini solo on this, though. There's like a okay. weird, it almost feels awkward the way it slides in there. It's like <laughs> a right. weird mini solo in the track. Yeah. So two tracks in and we're not we're MF iffy. in this thing up and down. We're iffy. Yeah, we're not MF in this thing. I'm not throwing my phone out the window. I'm not. <laughs> we're, we're there. Hey, it's almost a win for me right there. <laughs> yeah, we. Oh, I know. We're getting there. We're getting I'm, there. No, I'm taking these two and being like, okay. Next track, Sludge Factory. Track three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great yeah. Great riff. Great riff. Oh, really? So I'm glad we got back to that. I'm glad we got back to the great riff because that okay. first riff was good. Second second track didn't really do much riff-wise for me. Sure. Great riff on this. I can do without the hums and the yeahs. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't need the hums and the yeahs. I know you're not a big yeah fan, and there's a lot of yeahs in this album. This is the record that made me realize that is the major aspect of grunge that I can't stand. The yeahs? The yeahs when they're not necessary. Sure. The yeahs just to have something there. Yeah. I even tried going through and treating them like they were ad-libs. Hey! And it didn't help me. You tried, though. I, I tried appreciate that. Uh, that's like know. me trying to appreciate the 21 ad, li ad libs it's <laughs> yes. it's tough man i understand yes. the struggle this one feels like ozzy slowed down yeah and i'm not against it at all no it's, it's not against it at this all. is where that like that doom sludge metal kind of like i really have i in. have here next scott this feels like doom grunge and as the doom guy that i am now as yeah. i've turned into in the past couple months as the yeah. doom guy that i have evolved into I can get behind this. I, oh, I can I can come at it from that angle. I can. I feel I can like I just it. won. I can hit it from a doom angle. That's great. Do I wish there was a hair more sludginess in it? I do. Sure. I wish there was a little more of the the grime that we're crawling through. Yeah. But I'll take it for about three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It goes on. Cut. After three come minutes, it, after three minutes, it it made me start focusing on other aspects and. Although, although I still fuck with the riff, the length makes me dislike the vocals. Yeah, I get so it. Like the longer it goes on, the more I'm like, okay, the, yeah. and okay, like just yeah. I. And then the more you hear it, it's just the repetition. You're like, okay, I think we can. Yeah, let's wrap this thing up. There's a lot of that going on in the in the record. The spoken word part should have been cut. I don't need that. I this is uh this is kind of a fuck you track to the record industry. Okay. They called the studio. Lane took the call. They were asking for the record to be done like in a day or something like that. Saying okay. like, and Lane was just like, "Oh, we have one more track to cut." Then they recorded this one. They recorded this one. Yeah, I think they should have cut the spoken word part, but kept that little bluesy solo in. I like that solo. 
I really I like the little... end of it where they said, uh, where he goes, your weapon is guilt. Your weapon is guilt is really cool. Yeah. But not as cool as if it would have been three minutes earlier. I understand. I three minutes earlier, that's a sick line. Yeah. Six minutes in, you're, you're I know, done. I know it's ending, so let's <laughs> let's go. Right. Your weapon is the length of this song. <laughs> Next up, Heaven Beside You, which you said was a single. Yep. One, one of the, the singles. singles. More bluesy style guitar sounds in here, and it's more than I expect on the album. Like I heard some this... I, I didn't expect much blues and grunge. This is one of those ones that I think they were working on pre-lame. Okay. Like this was supposed to be a Jerry Cantrell solo song, I think. And yeah, that's where the blues is like is going to come in. And the blues surprised me. But mm-hmm. then the vocals on this one, they feel cleaner than the rest of the album so far. It's Jerry. There's a little dimension there. Like grunge doesn't give me the dimensions I need most of the time, especially you know, with the yeahs. Yeah, and I was getting different dimensions from other. I'm getting the influence from one track. I'm getting a little like doominess from another. The heaviness mm-hmm. is a dimension I can get. Yeah, I was focusing and pinpointing in on the. It's not process because it's a little early, but like we said, the the way that the vocals are recorded yeah. was giving me something. This one has a lot of harmony too between Jerry and Lane on it, and I wasn't getting that dimension from the vocals here. So like the dimension and being able to hide behind the recording the way that the vocals are recorded mm-hmm. didn't work for me on this so it's hard for okay. me to avoid those grunge vocals so i'm sure. hearing i'm hearing more of a generic grunge vocal than i was hearing in the other tracks where it wasn't bothering me as much gotcha i definitely heard this one once the chorus hits i was like i know oh, this yeah song. like yeah. i've definitely heard this song this was a big one for them i don't dislike this chorus i think it's a good chorus mm-hmm. but could that play on the nostalgia that i've heard it before possibility even though to this day, mm-hmm. don't know what the fuck's being said. <laughs> That's even after reading the lyrics. I couldn't tell. I feel like Lane after I wrote this thing. I couldn't tell you what he said. Couldn't tell you right. what he said. Either. I have right. no idea. <laughs> this one's too long by only about a minute because I like the solo, but otherwise okay. it's it's too long. It's just too long. A lot of these tracks are lengthy. And I get it. Like that was the time. Like that, that is yep. how music was. And I'm only saying that they're too long because that's just me personally. Because like, I yeah. get I get as the record why they're supposed to feel long. I get right. why they're created to be that long. And I get that's the time of music. But yeah. just my note on it for me personally. Oh, for sure. Is that yeah. These tracks. Oh, long. yeah. That Well, that's the exploratory and meandering bit they had going on with this record. So moving on to Head Creeps. Head Creeps. Wildly enough here, I'm getting Marilyn Manson vibes out of this. Oh, okay. Big Marilyn Manson vibes. And I don't know how to feel about that anymore because he's such a he's monster. A, he, he's, he's, he's a horrible he's person. He's turned into a horrible person. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, I guess we got to say that legally because I don't think, Do any, I don't, I don't think he was, he was ever a terrible person. I don't think he was ever sentenced or charged anything yet, but sure. There's an awful lot of stuff out there. I'm fine with saying he's a garbage person. I, I liked a few Marilyn Manson albums. I loved one Marilyn Manson album. Yeah. I have no real urge to dive back in with his current situations. No, oh, no. There was one I wanted to bring you, but it, I can't. It, it, like, if he was if he was charged and, like, cleared of everything, I could bring it. But otherwise, I, I can't. Yeah. It doesn't. I, I would have trouble sitting here talking about how good it is. Right. Even though we could talk about John Five's guitaring, the whole, like, guitarist the whole time. Right. And, I think maybe Joey Jordanson played drums on the album. Oh, wow. I'm not sure, though. But it would be too hard but to talk be... about it without talking about Marilyn Manson. Right. Uh, this one's too long, but I don't like or dislike any of it. Okay. I feel like it's a solid album track. Like, it's it's a it's a good track that fits in with this album. Yeah, I'll take it. 
moving on to again and again. Yeah. Nice riff. Yeah. I'm a riff boy now, apparently. So. Uh, apparently you are. <laughs> Vocals, though, not my thing. The the maintained yeahs irk me. Mm-hmm. Like I they know. are, they are the yeahs on this one are getting to me. Yeah. I have here when it's Lane alone, I can get behind it. It's a vibe. But when it's Lane harmonizing with somebody, I they, they just it doesn't Him work. and Jerry together just don't I don't work think for I like the harmonizing. Gotcha. The difference between this and most grunge that I've hated or disliked is it feels like Alice in Chains are using all the different genres and incorporating them in as opposed to what I hear grunge bands think. And mm-hmm. when I hear grunge, it's like, that's not grunge. We're not putting that in the record. Oh, like, that's I gotcha. what I hear a you, lot of. You you see a lot more like kind of gatekeeping. It's just a lot grunge. of like grunge self-filating itself. Like this yeah. is grunge. Yeah. Yeah. We're grunge. But this feels like they're actually incorporating other things. And I can, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Based off that alone. I I feel that a lot with the drumming on this record. Okay. You haven't you haven't mentioned it yet, so I'm going to mention it. The drumming on this record, I think, is phenomenal, and there's a lot of jazz influence. I feel okay in some of these tracks, and I I I think it's amazing. Well, I think the drumming's great because, as I've said before, if you're a great drummer, you're either going to be heard over the record, yeah, or you're not going to be heard because you're doing such a good job, yeah. And yeah. I think the drumming fits so well onto what this record is. I haven't even pinpointed anything of it. Yeah. Like, I just it, think it's great. Yeah. This track is solid aside from my issues and the length is nice. I could take the length. Yeah. It's, it was a single and it, it was, it felt like a single. Moving on to shame in you. Yep. Another one that starts not with the sounds I'm liking from this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this one feels like an awkward junior high school j- dance, Scott. Like, I could see you out there in your silver chair shirt. <laughs> like, arms straight out. Like, right on the hips. Right. <laughs> I also, I think I may have heard this one before. I don't know. That would be wild. It, it, fe- it felt like I did, but I, I don't need this. Even though there's a little spaciness to it that makes it bearable. I hate yeah being sung for no reason. There's a lot I've of yeah many times. There's and a this lot one, of yes. This one really filled up that cup and it overflowed. There was a lot. Yeah. Of it's uh, and I even have here. It's an ad lib or tick that I cannot stand. <laughs> I, I, I'm just. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me. Moving on to God Am. Yeah. Which opens up with let's call it one of the coolest sounds in the history of the world. The bong, yeah, the bong. <laughs> I love a bong sound. I will go down. I haven't yeah. smoked a bong in 20 years, Scott, and <laughs> I love the bong sound. It's one of the coolest sounds in the world. Yeah. Just the bubbling of it. Oh, it's perfect. It's so perfect. Sure, God's almighty, but does he have lips? This is fuck yeah, heavier riff. Like we're yeah. back. Yeah. Heavier riff on this thing. This is one like I want to spotlight the drums on the beginning of this track. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I lo- I love it. Is God Am supposed to be a play on God Am? Is that what's supposed to be happening? That's I've always wondered that. That's, but that's, if that's you, what I got from it. But lyrically, it makes sense. Can I be as my God Am? Yeah. Like, like yeah. I get it. But, but no, I feel like I totally it, there has get... to be a play on the words to have it like that. Yeah, exactly. And this this song has like they've said that um it's Lane struggling with any kind of religion mm-hmm. and kind of questioning everything about it. But no, it's him basically questioning God. Mm-hmm. 
I think for me, the vocals are too front and center on this. Like the music isn't around it enough for me. Sure. Like, and yeah. I, that's the point of the track. It's supposed to be a very vocal driven track. Yeah. And the music around it has, didn't evolve enough throughout the song. Like the other tracks were getting evolution through the songs. This one sure. kind of just stayed the same. Again, yeah. probably it probably works with the idea of the track. But yeah, I didn't it didn't evolve enough for me like the other songs. Got it. Moving on to So Close. Uh, nothing really thrilling me too much on this one, Scott. Yeah, I get it. Come on now. I just use the lyrics. I just use the lyrics for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Nothing too uh, thrilling. Yeah, my bad. Nothing really thrilling me too much on this one up front. I think yeah. outside I think outside of this album, yeah, this track could get enjoyed a lot more. Like if I was, if okay. you brought me an Alice in Change track and it was this track, I mm-hmm. think I could really get down on it. But within the context of the record and where my mind is on it, it's for some reason it didn't mesh with it. It works within the album. Uh, what do you think if you put so close up higher in the track list? I don't know because I, I I mess around with the track list on this also. Okay, like through throughout my listens after a while, I I've kind of tried to format my own track list to see if they, if that would change things. I don't yep. think I ever reached one where I put so close on number one. That would be a wild <laughs> move, right? But. I, I definitely shuffled it a couple times and so close higher in the track list. Yeah, maybe. I, I feel like if it didn't follow up some of these longer tracks, maybe, I mean, even maybe like number three, put it in be- before Sludge before Sludge Factory. So close field. Well, I don't know if right before Sludge Factory, because this one feels like psychedelic and spacey almost. Like there's a lot of like psychedelic spacey elements in the music for me on this one. Yeah. And I feel like the track is getting unfairly treated because I'm listening to so much grunge that I'm just I'm only hearing <laughs> the grunge in it. I'm right. I'm avoiding the psychedelic and the spaciness of it. Maybe. Yeah. You so, kind of have to have yourself open to everything yeah. with this one instead of like, I know I brought it to you as being jumped into the deep end of the grunge pool. Yeah. But this is a it's a grunge. It's a grunge album, but tinged with many different with colors. A ton of different. Yeah. So moving on to nothing song. I think this is the when I took that quote from Lane saying, like, if I want to laugh at a song or if I want to make make it silly or whatever, I'm going to make it silly. I think this is that song. Well, Scott, these lyrics are indecipherable. Yeah, they're rough. (laughs) Except for uh, like peanut butter on the brain. Uh, Yeah. And when I have dove into the lyrics for the rest of this record, I, I come out and I'm not like changed one way or the other, really. Like, it's just, oh, okay, that's what he's saying. Like, that, yeah. it, it's never a, oh my God, or, oh. A, or a, oh, no, it's just a, oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's and what he was saying. It's just random shit that came to his mind. So I decided for this one, I'm just going to vibe on it. There I'm just going to vibe on it because I like, I like some of the sounds. It's not, yeah. it's not overly repelling to me. Like, I vibe with some of it. Yeah. Feels a little western here and there, which I can get behind. Oh, I don't okay. know why. Like I felt a horse at some certain points. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean it has that bit of a cadence to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like like that little western maybe that as we said, I need another dimension. So that yeah. western kicked it, gave it another little dimension. Oh, I like it. It's a fine track. It's it's a bit too long, but it's fine. A track. little bit. It feels long. And the repetitiveness of the lyrics too kind of yeah. hurt that. Yeah, uh, even length. if even if you don't know what any of them saying, even if cool. you don't, it's the same sounding. Yes, yeah, that I understand. Yeah, although it it is weird though because I do like repetitive lyrics because like it makes it easier to sing along and it's but, I was gonna say, but and... when you know them, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> it. That's probably <laughs> it. So moving on to the grunge staple, Scott. <laughs> what is it with frogs and grunge? Do you I know? don't know. 
because we have Silver Chair Frog Stomp. I imagine there's a lot of frogs in Seattle. What about Australia Frog Stomp? They just love oh, frogs on, there. Do you want to start? Do you want to start the conspiracy theory? Oh, that it was called Frog Stomp because they were coming in and taking over grunge. No, I don't want to say that at all. And they were stomping frogs nope. because there's a lot in Seattle. Nope, we're not saying Silver that. Silver Chair, we're nope. t- they come? They're coming for the crown. Nope, they did. We're not saying that. Well, one of us <laughs> may. This one may be too doomy for me. Like it's it too, is it's, super. It's too slow. It's very sludgy and slow. And it's also, to me, not heavy enough to warrant the pace. I got it. Yeah, like, I get you. For me, I mean, I guess I'm I'm still a rube when it comes to Doom. I'm getting more into Doom. But the new Acacia strain, it's very slow. The yeah. the failure will follow. It's very slow, but it's also extremely heavy in between where it's Yeah, slow. this is not that heavy. This is this is very this, this is sun grunge. This, Oh no, don't say that. This this is sun grunge. Scott. Don't say that. No, because there's drums. You shut your mouth. <laughs> there's that's drums the grunge part. And there's that's, lyrics. That's the grunge part. That just hurt my soul really bad. At five minutes and thirty seconds on this one. Also, five minutes and thirty seconds. Oh, I'm I know. Talking, I'm talking about something that happens five minutes and thirty seconds to do a song. I know. It's slow and vibing, and the vocals on this. Again, whether it be them recording it differently, doing something, it feels mm. processed, and I yeah. get some actual Deftones vibes off this. Oh, like the way that it's slow and meandering and yeah. vibing. It's what it's what Deftones do. Mm-hmm. But Deftones, they pay it off for me, right? Whereas, this one didn't have whereas that this, I'm not getting that payoff. That I'm let's you like let's I'm trained. Like my brain is trained to when I hear something like that, I get what Deftones pays me off with. Yeah. So when I got what they're paying, like I'm not saying there's not a payoff. There's just not a payoff for me. Yeah. I don't. I don't get that either. Quick franticness. I don't get the heaviness, or I don't get the ethereal fading away of the track. <laughs> right. Kind of get grunge, which is what the rest of the record's giving me. I would never normally make it that far into a track, though. So yeah, I'm proud of you. Progress, I guess. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. Final track over now. Yep. Uh, is this taps? They play yes. taps. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, this is the closest to Nirvana grunge that we've gotten. I don't like this track at all. This this is another one of those I believe to be uh, Jerry Cantrell solo songs, which is wild because this is the this is the closest it felt to Nirvana the entire record. Yeah, like that Nirvana. The grunge that I have in my head is Nirvana, and it did nothing but put a bad taste in my mouth. And this. Oh no, that's sad. <laughs> that's what that's what over now did is that's it played taps. Sad. And then left a bad taste in my mouth. Then the record. Oof, bummer. So top three, I guess. Yeah, let's let's top three. Um, Sludge Factory number one. Hey, I like Sludge Factory. I liked what? where it was going. I liked it. Hell yeah, that was um, one I was worried about. Wish it could have been shorter. And like I said, right. I'd edit. I'd edit some stuff out if I had yeah. to. But number two, probably grind because I think it opened up with that heavy riff. And yeah, it, 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 it without that riff and the non-grinding vocals. Mm-hmm. Grinding, see what yeah. uh, I think it would have been harder for this record. Like that, that opening track really helped the record out a lot, even though Brush Away really kind of brushed out those expectations. <laughs> and then if again didn't have those yeahs, that would be up there. But those yeah. yeahs really knocked that thing down. I'm sure. Uh, let's go so close. Okay. Because I think it's I think it got unfairly treated. I think I treated yeah. it unfairly because of the record. I get it. So what are your top three? Uh, my Rocks. top three. Actually, frogs would be 
I, I love frogs. <laughs> it's it's not in my top, but number three is Shame in You. Number two is Sludge Factory. Yeah, there we go. And number one is Goddamn. Goddamn. Yeah, I I love that song so much. I always have. I will say I listened to this record a lot while rollerblading this week. I listened to it a lot while I was running. But like when I rollerblade, I don't have earbuds in because I need to listen for cars and shit. Oh, yeah. So I just had to play over my phone in my fanny pack. Oh, okay. And not paying attention to this record a lot. Solid vibe. Sure. Like great. Vibe. Like I'll take yeah. it. And it worked for what I was doing. Like just, just skating around, like just kind of vibing on it. It worked yeah. out. Were there moments where I was like, this is going to stop? <laughs> like, are we going to change the song? Are we going to change the right. song anytime? Yeah. Right. But I think I think it's a solid vibe. So Scott, feed it to me. Allison Chain, self-titled album, brand, throne, own, phone, or grown. I mean, we we know it's not a throne. We know I that. know that. Although, yeah. if I was gonna I mean I, as a grunge, out of, maybe out of all the grunge I've listened to, no, because I think that silver chair records above it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Own is rough. I can't see myself spinning it. But it's a phone. I, I don't hey. own this thing. I didn't I didn't there's bad songs to me. Like there's songs I yeah. don't like, but I as a it. whole album, th- there's a lot in here that I can get down with. There's a lot of sounds in here that I liked. It was heavier than I expected, which really helped it. Really, I, really. That's helped. awesome. I'm glad that you got that part out of it at least. And like once I'm not focusing on those lyrics on the the vocals, it's it's easier to deal with too. When I'm not pinpoint analyzing the thing, it's much easier. Right. Also, not much will get by the the hard analyzing that i do i hey i I need ease off on it sometimes like that's that's what i do i listen to it with no analyzing like i'm just listening to it yeah second time i listen to it it's such a hard just straightforward right into it yeah what's this now like i'm just (laughs) listening to every fucking sound yeah and then i think i ease off it as i continue through the week that's actually much better than i thought like your your notes on some of these tracks were a lot nicer than i figured they would be <laughs> i thought i was gonna when you gave it to me the for my first thought because the only allison chains i mean past i had was that record from i don't know oh four or something oh three yeah 2010 the, uh, i don't know what the fuck black, black and blue something black makes way to blue or something like that and i didn't like that no at all neither of us did and then i just thought of nirvana and i just didn't want that yeah so i'm glad i didn't I was, get that i was hoping i was giving you something that was a bit different in the grunge genre. I've always been told if there was a band in grunge that I could get down with this Allison Chains. That is what hey. everybody's told me. They, people have told me that Dirt is a heavy fucking record. Dirt dirt really, really is. And I I struggled with whether I was going to give you this one or Dirt. And and a lot of a lot of people say Dirt is their biggest and best. And it possibly is i just have a lot of history with this record like when this one came out i bought it on cd and my parents being divorced i would spend every other weekend with my dad and he would take us to work at the airport and my sister and i would sit in the the pilot's lounge uh all day and watch tv or read or color or whatever i had my disc man with me and this record was on rotation heavy when i was uh, what i was 13 14 so do you when you're in an airport do you like hear this <laughs> no it's a much smaller airport mostly cargo planes or private jets and the pilot's lounge is just like a living room with a tv and a lazy boy <laughs> okay. and a couch uh okay. 
but no, like I, I just have so much personal history into this record yeah. that that's what swung it for me. Like I, I have a lot in invested in this record more so than I do with dirt, but I, I fucking love dirt too. So do you want me to refrain from dirt or you want to make an episode out of it at some point? No, I'm I'm good with like if you want to listen to it, go and listen to it. We might even come across it in one of these other lists that we were talking I'm about. Sure, they're probably yeah, it's probably on there. Yeah, so no, when we get to it, we'll get to it. If you want to listen to it, go for it. It's really fucking good. It's not as meandering uh, as this record. I'm just worried that it'll be the vocals will be too grungy. Like even if it's heavier, I think if we get m- more of the grunge vocal, it's gonna. I don't know. There's a weird balance for me. Them is them bones on dirt. Mm-hmm. Them bones I'm, rips pretty hard. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. I think "Damn That River" is on there, which is another like really solid think, track. I don't think I know that one. I don't know. I I love all their records. I really, really do. I mean, all the Lane records, EPs included. Yeah. Uh, Sap is really good. But yeah, I Allison Chains has always been my favorite grunge band. No. Always. Well, I guess I mean as of now, they're the heaviest grunge band I've listened to. So I at least give them that. I don't know I, if I think I, they will, I, will remain that. I don't want to sit here and compare Silverchair and Allison James. That's not what we're here for. There, there's a big, big difference in age as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Scott, this wasn't the only thing you were listening to. Maybe it was. Oh. I don't know. You have a lot invested into it. No. But what was your record of the week? I did actually listen to Allison James a lot more than I listened to uh, any previous records we've done on the show. Okay. Uh, I listened to it like two, three times a day. That's a lot. Um, it is a lot. But... One record that I really got down with this week was Rancid's newest record, Tomorrow Never Comes. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it harkened back to the old days with Rancid. Although, I have to say, I don't know if it actually is because it's good and it actually does harken back to it. Or if it was because I listened to it right after we listened to that fucking Tool record that went on for goddamn forever. Yeah, that's 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 a possibility there. The Rancid was a great reprieve from mm-hmm. nine minute songs that went nowhere i think the longest song on that thing was like two and a half minutes it was great i I really loved it i thought it was fantastic i liked it and i i get what you're saying because it does it does sound a little more like some old rancid tracks that you yeah. want yeah but i also i mean to me rancid have earned they could put out mediocre record after mediocre record and oh for to, sure they've earned yeah it. yeah they, they, they put enough good music out now that whatever like i'll take I, it oh i agree with that 100 percent I'm just excited when they do put out stuff that I like. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. My record of the week is oh boy, what did I listen to? <laughs> I'll put I'll I'll say my record of the week is a record that came out the same week as yours. Yeah. The Metro Boomin presents Spider Man across oh, yeah. the multiverse. You did uh, like that one. Fully produced by Metro Boomin. There's some wild shit on here. It opens up with a what did I say? It's it's Metro Boomin, Lil Wayne. An offset, I think, mm-hmm. which is a crazy way to start a record. <laughs> right. The last song on is the Nos track, and it's just Nos Morales, which is sick. Also, yeah. There's some James Blake features in here, which feels That's weird, really wild, That's really, really wild weird to me. Yeah. All in all, though, I, I think the songs that I don't vibe with as much are going to be the ones that are kind of important to the story. To like the, they're, to they're the, the ones, they're the ones you're going to hear in the movie more sure. of. Yeah. But I mean that's huge for Metro Boomin. That's a big fucking oh, movie. Oh yeah. That's a yeah, huge movie to give Metro and I'm so super stoked on him for it. 
it's highly anticipated in this house. We can't wait to see it. There's two. Yet. There's two Twenty One Savage features on it. Uh you're you're. Yeah, I'll in. take that. You're also, in. hey, I know, I know, um, I know your boy loved some of the prior soundtrack of the last one into yeah. the, into the multiverse or whatever. And then uh, maybe this is the one where you can introduce him to the Lil Wayne and Twenty One Savage situation. Oh man. So yeah, mine is the Metro Boomin produced Metro Boomin presents into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Is that yeah, what it is? Were... Into the oh, no, across the Spider across the Spider Verse. Yeah, into the Spider Verse was the last movie. It was the first one. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was super good movie. I loved that movie. I loved everything about it too. I loved the way it yeah. was like rolled out. I loved yep. the way like that he was announcing all the people on it by pictures of them in like Spidey gear. Like that's so that cool. Fucking amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. So all that's left, Scott, is for me to tell you what we're listening to next week. Yeah, what are we doing next week? And your whole point last week yeah. was we've had some good episodes. We've had some good episodes. Even we've, this one. Like, yeah. I thought I was throwing you off with this one, and this yeah. one ended up being good. And your point was, you know, we could we could throw a bad one in here. Of course. Well, there's been talk. <laughs> there's been talk about this coming your way. Okay. Not Not this record particularly, but this is a collab record. A collab from two, record from two artists. Oh man, this came out in 2011. This is oh, I'm scared. <laughs> Those two artists that have collabed on this record, titled Ferrari Boys. Oh no, is Gucci Mane and Walk a Flock of Flame. Oh my god, <laughs> there was talk that you were getting both of these guys, and I'm gonna say. No matter what happens on this, there are probably an album, a solo album by both you will also get. Okay. But I think this is the way to get, I, I think this is the best possible scenario to get you into it. Okay. Because you won't have so much of both. Like you'll have some right. of one and then some of the and other. Then... It won't be the same one the whole time. Sure. Okay. Now, normally I let, I make you go in blind and things. I need to yeah. up front. I need to say some things. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do not go into this expecting brilliant lyricism. <laughs> Understood. This is not that kind of hip hop. This sure. is, and I know you don't like this, more of like a vibe type, type thing. Okay. And the other thing I need to say, because I listened to this this week just to like spiel it out. Just say, yeah, I do it too, usually. Um, The very first thing said on the very first track is a producer tag. Don't take it personally. Of course it is. Of course it is. Don't take it personally. (laughs) Because it's it's Drama Boy's producer tag and it's, listen to this track, bitch. No, no. (laughs) So I knew if I didn't say something. That would be an automatic negative for you. You'd be like, stop telling me what to do. Why is he telling me what to do? Stop telling me to listen. I'm already listening. I so press that is, play. That is a producer tag. <laughs> okay. Just just take that. If anything, listen to how interesting it is. Some of the words, they end up rhyming somehow. <laughs> okay. And it, it and try not to take it too serious because it's Understood. not a serious record. It's not, I gotcha. it's not a serious record. I don't think I've ever listened to anything Gucci Mane. I think I might have listened to a Walk a Flock of Flame track once. Uh, which was, would it have been one of the big hits? Hard no. in the Paint, Oh Let Do It, the one with MGK, Wild Boy. That one. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that one. Okay. Well, and the other reason I think this is a decent one to dive into is because a lot of it is kind of the same producer, like okay. the Gucci Mane, we'll get to this in the episode, but Gucci Mane and Waka Flocka were both on Ted 17 Brick Squad, and Southside is kind of the house producer. Okay. Like, you know how uh, Derringer is kind of the Griselda house the Griselda, producer. yep, 
Yeah. Um, Southside produces a lot, so there's that going through it. And it's only 47 minutes. Okay. So, like, if you get into you know, most hip-hop records you get into, come on now, an hour plus yeah, usually. usually. So I feel like it, you know, this is the right way to go. Even if this goes completely sideways. <laughs> okay. This won't stop those other two getting records at some point. You will be getting records from those other two at some point. Gotcha. Separately. So next week, Ferrari boys, Gucci Mane and Walk a Flock of Flame. <laughs> Here we go. It's going to be interesting. Follow us on Twitter at OLPod. Follow us on Instagram at OLPod. Send us an email at areyoulisting.pod at gmo.com, especially if you want those Garth Brooks CDs. <laughs> Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Listen to all the Joy Road Media podcasts. Scott, thank you for the episode. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you, brother. Listeners, thank you for listening. Of course, always. Listen to what you love. Love what you listen to. Listen to something you love and listen to something new. Homework. Yeah. Yeah. Are you listening? Are you listening? It's hard to garble marble galls with all these marbles in my mouth. Who don't want to be with you? And it, it was meatloaf. What is it with frogs and grunge? Yeah, but it's but we're here for church. This is the grunge. This is, we're grunge church. We're grunge church.